matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning, Christ is risen! <laughs> Christ is risen indeed, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah indeed. My name is Donna Pritchard. And my name is Ann Jacob, and we serve as the two pastors at this church. Happy Easter, friends. We are delighted to see you both in worship in person and to our friends online. Friends, would you turn around and greet our friends online in the back camera? Good morning. We are pleased to be with you at your breakfast table or on the couch, wherever you might find yourself. This morning, we'll invite you to connect with us through our Connect card. It's a QR code in the bulletin at the top of the order of worship. Uh, we will invite you to share with us any prayer concerns that you might have, as well as if you have a young child with you who you're planning on sending to Sunday school, we'll invite you to fill it out so that Deacon Aaron knows who to return the child to uh, at the end of the service. You'll notice a couple of things in our bulletin, uh, a list of Easter lilies, of those we remember in memory or in honor of for the lilies that are up here at the altar, as well as at the end of the order of worship, there are lyrics for our offertory anthem that the choir apparently unanimously shared. We should definitely share with the congregation. And so we hope that you will follow along at the appropriate time to know what the words are. Friends, will you rise in body or spirit for our call to worship? This is the day. Hope, Hope tiptoes us awake and light guides us through the shadows. This is the day. Joy, Joy takes root in our winter hearts and drowns out despair's cries with laughter. This is the day. Grace does cartwheels in graveyards. Resurrection wonder outshines the brightest sun an empty tomb fills us with good news. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. And now, my friends, as we always do when we gather for worship, we want to reconcile our hearts to God and to one another through the passing of peace. I invite you to share the peace with signs that are comfortable for you and your partner, a fist bump, a handshake, a hug, whatever feels best to you. The peace of Christ be with you all. And also with you. Peace be with you.
Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, good morning, friends. My name is Deacon Aaron, and it is my joy to invite any young folks who'd like to come forward to come forward now. And if we could sit right here on the rug, we've got all these lilies, so I want to see your faces. Good job. Thank you. Good morning, friends. Good job. Here's a spot right here. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Easter, friends. Thank you. Can you say aloud, Alleluia? We haven't said that word in a while, huh? We've been getting ready for this day for so long. New shoes, y'all look so nice. Mm -hmm. And all kinds of new things. We also have so many symbols today, right? Has anybody seen what's behind me? Yeah. Easter lilies, aren't they lovely? I, we will all share our monies today, won't we, with our offering. Friends, today we have new so many things because we have a promise from God that we remember and celebrate today. It's that God makes all things new. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Yeah. So today, this morning, our Easter story started sad, right? Jesus' friends were so sad that he died. They just wanted to be near him, so they came to where he was buried. And you know what they found? They found him in the garden, right? And we keep, this is our Jesus from our classroom, right? And Jesus has his arms out, ready to give us a hug. Yeah, like the cross. And we celebrate our empty cross because Jesus promised that he'd be with us. And his friends were sad when he died because they thought that he couldn't be with them. But today we celebrate our joy in Easter with new lilies and new baby animal symbols and an empty cross because God's promise came true. And the mystery of Easter is that even though Christ died and went through sad and serious things, that God is always with us to share love and light, right? So we celebrate. Will you come in the back and celebrate more with me? Can you pray with me first? All right, let's use our our hands to pray. Dear God, can Thank you for these young people. And thank you for your promises. Help us use our hands to help others and share our joy. Amen. Can we do one more? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let's go celebrate new life.
Easter story has all my senses tingling. Early in the morning, what a sight to see. While it was still dark outside in the quiet of dawn, the women walked, making their way to the tomb, and suddenly, a great earthquake. What a sound to hear the crackling of rocks, and what a thing to feel. The ground shaking, quivering, tumbling, the tombstone rolling away, and celestial beings appear. What do angels smell like, anyway? Do their dazzling faces and clothes come with lavender, or is it citrus, or maybe a fresh scent? I, I don't know. The women here do not be afraid. They touch and receive the good news from the angel as they touch Jesus' feet that had been nailed to the cross and worship him. In the space of death and decay, in the darkness of the tomb, in that liminal space of dawn, they witness the resurrection of love. In all four of our Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we hear the resurrection story. Mark is short and to the point. Matthew adds a few more details and gives us an earthquake and even some corrupt officials. Luke gives us even more details and gives us context for the women and for the angels and for Peter's utter disbelief. And then we have John, the icing on the top. He goes an extra mile and gives us even more details. The gospel that was written last goes straight to the ascension and then keeps moving with running and weeping and disbelief. Our gospel passage today could really be a comedy. There's a missing body, characters coming on and off stage, some fainting guards and a celestial being, corrupt officials, and women just trying to get a word in. While in another context, our passage could pass through the writer's room of SNL, it is at the center, at the heart of our faith tradition. Friends, let us now listen to the scripture read for us. Good morning, church. My name is Denny Palacio. Please rise in body or in spirit for the reading of the scripture. The scripture lesson today is a reading from the gospel according to Matthew. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the tomb. Look, there was a great earthquake for an angel from the Lord came down from heaven. Coming to the stone, he rolled it away and sat on it. Now his face was like lightning and his clothes as white as snow. 
The guards were so terrified of him that they shook with fear and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, don't be afraid. I know that you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here because he's been raised from the dead just as he said. Come, see the place where they laid him. Now hurry, go and tell his disciples, he's been raised from the dead. He's going on ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. I've given the message to you. With great fear and excitement, they hurried away from the tomb and ran to tell his disciples. But Jesus met them and greeted them. They came and grabbed his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid, go and tell my brothers that I am going to Galilee. They will see me there. Now, as the women were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. They met with the elders and decided to give a large sum of money to the soldiers. They told them, Say that Jesus' disciples came at night and stole his body while you were sleeping. And if the governor hears of this, we will take care of it with him so you will have nothing to worry about. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were told, and this report has spread throughout all Judea to this very day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and spoke to them. I've received all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation.
Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray. In the name of the one who waited in the waters of Mary's womb, walked the way of suffering as one of the women born, and woke from the grasp of death in the deep darkness of the morning. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, love and fleshed. Amen. I was in India last summer visiting family, and while we were there on a Sunday, we went to a nearby church where the pastor was a family friend. He had known me since I was a toddler and hadn't seen me since then. And after the service, my dad and I went back into his office to catch up with him. And as we were in a conversation, his eight-year-old daughter walked back into the office, as pastor's kids often are known to do, and said, hey, dad. And he stopped the conversation to introduce us to her. And he said, now look, this is a pastor pointing to my dad. And then pointing to me, he said, and this is also a pastor. And her jaw cinematically dropped. <laughs> and she said, really, dad? And he said, yes. And then she looked to me as though to make sure her leg wasn't being pulled. And she said, really, are you a pastor? And I said, yeah, really. Her shock and disbelief, I wish I captured on a phone, for this area of India does not yet ordain women. And they do not have a woman serving in the local church as a pastor. And so for this little girl, her shock and realization was located in the reality that there was a woman preaching the good news somewhere in a pulpit. The women made their way in the darkness to tend to Jesus' body in the tomb. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Salome, Mary, the mother of James, and certainly by Luke's account, too many other women to name. The women waded through grief and fear together. They met the angels at the tomb. They proclaimed the good news that love is alive. The radical disruptor of the status quo is risen. The Christ embodied in Jesus, Lazarus' friend, who broke bread with Zacchaeus, who extended grace to the women who committed adultery, who centered children and the disabled, was alive. The empire thought it could extinguish love, the empire thought it could use violence to end a movement, a revolutionary ethic of love and hope. The empire thought it could prescribe evil edicts to demoralize a people. But God, our God, friends, is bigger than that. I was and I continue to be passionate about these women. Their witness 
and their ministry with Jesus. I see their social location in a world that marginalized them. I see their resilience in a culture that ostracized them. And most of all, of Jesus' proximity to their suffering, of Jesus' choice to be in solidarity with them, to serve them, believe them, love them, and yes, even entrust them to preach the gospel. Recently, a, a new person to this community came up to me and upon seeing that we have two female pastors and a female deacon and a female seminary intern said to me, since there are other churches with only male pastors, is this the opposite kind of church? <laughs> I laughed for a moment, thinking that patriarchy had finally taken a seat. And I said, oh no, actually for over 80 years, our church had faithful men, white men, who led the church, who were only allowed to be in leadership and serve as pastors. The idea that this congregation has women leading it now in multifaceted ways speaks to the progress that has been made over time and is tremendously unique. I, for one, celebrate the ways that we strive to live outside the binary of male and female and live and serve in beloved community together, serve all people who arrive at our door. And specifically, I celebrate the ways that we empower all people in our congregation and through participation and through leadership, all people particularly those who've been historically discriminated against. Now, our New Testament scholar, N.T. Wright, says that the mission of the church is nothing more or less than the outworking of resurrection. The mission of the church is nothing more or less than the outworking of resurrection. Church, we are an Easter people. We are a resurrection people. This means that we bring new life. We help birth peace. We midwife love into this world. We usher in God's inbreaking of transformational forgiveness in a world that is aching for repair and for reconciliation and for grace. Our mission is the outworking of resurrection. Now, while we may sometimes be inclined to live in scarcity or disconnection, only seeing how our communities are not the ways we hope and expect them to be, I wonder how this Easter we might live exactly as we are called to be. To love here and now to share in radical grace here and now, to share hope here and now. This call to love is radical. This call to break open our hearts and bear witness to suffering is political. Following Jesus' commandment to love all people is costly. 
Friends, we are invited to be organizers and disruptors and radical stewards of love and liberation. Now, in order to do that, we have to affirm that our liberation is bound up in a web of interdependence where your freedom is wrapped up in my freedom. And I am not free until you are free. We are invited this Easter to set aside our skepticism and cynicism and wounded hearts to look at this new thing that the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives and in this community. We are invited to usher in a resurrection revolution that stirs our souls and compels us to share the good news that a new way is possible. A world where we truly listen and love to one another is possible. A world where we share our resources and no one is without is possible. A world where people of different political affiliations and ideologies work for the common good is possible. You see, the women at the grave, they were the first to understand that the inbreaking of God's kingdom on earth is already here. Now you'll notice as Denny was reading that in the verses that follow the resurrection story, the guards report what happened to the chief priests. And my ears perked up because the status quo responded to the good news of resurrection by taking the news to the spin room lies and cover-ups and hush money payments. The chief priests sound like bloated billionaires who say what they will to take care of something with some money, paying folks to stay silent on the truth and spread lies to all of Judea. Our gospel story sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? And the disciples who doubt sound much like many of us, who just can't fathom a new way, a way with beauty and truth and love and justice, which is possible, friends. It's a story as old as time. Now, unlike the chief priests and guards, we are invited into a practice of liberative love. God's expansive vision of liberation is more than a dream, it's certainly more than an afterthought of the life beyond. On the contrary, we are invited to live this expansive dream here and now, not just for ourselves, but for and with one another. We are invited to follow the women, the first Easter people, in proclaiming and embodying a faith in the living God. For God shared Jesus with us, and them to teach us more about love than we could ever comprehend. Through Jesus, we have a model for how to live this expansive, liberative, loving Easter life where we are grounded in love of neighbor and this world. You see, Jesus was a radical disruptor. When the people were stealing other people's resources, he flipped the tables. When the people judged a woman and wanted her to be stoned, 
Jesus taught the people that none of us is without sin and cannot cast the first stone. When the people wanted to exclude and shun and rob and betray and violate and hate, Jesus continually invited them to a counter-cultural ethic of love and generosity and of hospitality. And when the tools of violent empire put him to death, God responded with new life. Jesus embodied a hope that God's goodness is here for us all and a liberative life filled with grace is here for all of us too. Theologian Reverend Dr. Nancy Claire Pittman reminds us that resurrection narratives are really commissioning stories, sending believers out into the world to tell everyone that death is not the last word. Now I appreciate Luke's resurrection account as translated in the Common English Bible that captures the commission the women live into. It says that when the women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the other women, too many to name, shared the good news of the resurrection to the disciples, their words struck the apostles as nonsense and they didn't believe the women. Of course it sounded like nonsense. We sometimes lack the moral imagination to see the world as God has it for us. We sometimes lack the hope to imagine a world as the beloved kingdom of God. And in the midst of war and evil and trauma, it can sometimes be easy to get jaded and cynical and despairing. Friends, how often do we fall into the trap of believing that a new way is not possible? The resurrection revolution that Jesus spoke of didn't make sense, and when the women shared the news, it was hard to believe, but our gospel resurrection story is about a God who breaks the empire's rules and the calcified hearts of cynics and skeptics who couldn't imagine a world that was tender and beautiful and loving. But our God has much bigger dreams for us. The evil forces of this world might try to snuff out breath with a knee, lynch bodies on trees, vote to take away representation when people prioritize children over profit, but God, God says, do not be afraid. In Matthew's resurrection account, Jesus says, therefore, Go, commissioning us to teach and preach and practice love. Go and tell somebody, church, that death doesn't have the final word. Go and tell somebody, choir, that the arrogant powerful do not have the last word. Go and tell somebody that the corrupt politicians do not have the final word. Go and tell somebody, Pastor Donna, 
that the unloving and discriminatory policies towards trans children do not have the final word. Go and tell the children and the teachers that help is coming and that AR-15s do not have the final word. Go and tell somebody. Go and tell somebody that Christ is risen. Risen not for us to discuss and pontificate and eat brunch after church. Risen so that we know that God is with us in our living and in our doing. With us in our marching and our organizing and in our voting. With us in our loving and in our feeding and in our serving. With us in our loving of self and loving of neighbor. Therefore, go. Go and tell somebody, church, that a Palestinian refugee couch surfing child of God, born to a teenage girl who lived proximate to the margins and upended the social construct of his time and trusted the women to preach the gospel. Go and tell somebody that God continually overturns the moral atrophy of our time to specifically side with love. Beloved church, we are fellow disruptors, whether we like that label or not. We are fellow disruptors liberated by the love of God. We are descendants of the Easter women who trusted in the disruption, who tended to the bodies of the violated, who lifted up the message of radical love and hope. Through Jesus' example, we have a commandment to love extravagantly, to serve boldly, to receive grace. We have our invitation this Easter to be those who side with love. A love that it is a bomb, a love that is fierce and tender and generous and revolutionary and life-giving. You're invited. It's not in the mail. You're hearing it now. You're invited to take your spot in the school of love. Organizing for love, Voting for love, disrupting for love, serving with love, siding with love. Church, may we be an embodiment of Christ's love in this world. May it be so. Amen.
Let us pray. O gracious, loving God of resurrection surprise and creation wonder, we thank you for your love. We are here today because of it, whether we can recognize it or not. Whether we give your love a name or not, whether we love you back or not, whether we glorify you because of it or not. Nevertheless, we are here because of your love. Perhaps, O risen Christ, that is your favorite word, not love, but nevertheless. Your Easter is not a natural therefore, Resurrection itself is a miraculous nevertheless. Nevertheless is the word that carried you and carries us from death to life, from all of our Good Friday moments to our Easter joys. Nevertheless carries us from fear to joy, as in when my loved one died, when I lost my job, when the doctor told me the bad news, when my spouse was angry and my child was alienated from me, I was afraid. Nevertheless, you, God, held me. Nevertheless, fear is no match for your grace. It seems this morning you create a lot of mischief with a word, and in a word, and through a word like nevertheless. It's like your pause button, and in that pause you travel to whatever hells we inhabit, either of our own making or the making of others, and you climb down into them and you whisper to us, this is not where you need to be. You could be free. You could be love. O risen Christ, you stalk the halls of hospitals, the loneliness of dinners for one, the numbness of pixels, the tear gas of protests, the heartbreak of parenthood, the anger of injustice, and you say, nevertheless, I love you. For those we know who are suffering this day in need of healing or in need of hope, for those listed in the bulletin and all those written on our hearts, we pray. May they be Eastered by your love, O God, and surrounded by your peace. And so on this day of Easter joy and resurrection wonder, we pray in the name of God's flesh and blood, nevertheless, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Beloved ones, I invite us now into a time of giving. The offering plate will be passed here in the sanctuary. And you may also always give online at edmundsumc.org forward slash give, or by mailing checks to the church at 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020.
Thank you for supporting the ministries of EUMC. I invite you to give with joy and generous hearts.
God of resurrection and redemption, we offer our gifts today alongside our alleluias. We offer our hands and feet and voices to take the celebration out of this place into a world that needs hope so desperately. May we go into the world with such energy, excitement, and power that the ground shakes once again. The lightning flashes, and your people see in us your redeeming love and the triumph of light over darkness. In the name of the risen Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Friends, we invite you into our Liturgy of the Great Thanksgiving, and for our friends joining online, we invite you to prepare elements, uh, pancakes, bread, wafers, crackers, things you have around to join us, and uh, juice or wine or things in your pantry uh, where you can partake later in our liturgy. This is Christ's table, and everyone is welcome here. The Holy One be with you. And and also also with you. you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to God. Let us give thanks to God in whose image we are made. To the the creator creator of all, we give thanks and praise. Divine protector, defender of life, your love for this world is everlasting. As oceans burn and species go extinct, our children are made vulnerable at school and our neighbors are denied at our borders. There is so much reason to despair. But you, O God, refuse to abandon us to destruction. Christ takes on flesh in the midst of struggle. You are glimpses of hope, encounters of freedom tastes of what satisfies when so much leaves empty. In these incarnate moments, we sense the closeness of your kingdom. Holy, holy, holy one, God of justice and love, heaven and earth are full of your wonder. Hosanna among us. You, O God, reorder the world into right relationship. You lift high those made low. You humble the arrogant. You hear the earth groaning under capitalism and consumption, and your fire burns in the hearts of your prophets. With this this hope and assurance, we turn to the witness of Jesus, whose teachings reveal the way to liberation. We seek his wisdom. We practice his courage. We remember his radical commitment to love. On the night of his arrest, Jesus shared a meal with his companions. He took bread, blessed it, and broke it, gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the meal, he took the cup, blessed it, and shared it, saying, This cup that is poured out is the new covenant.
In remembrance of the love that saves us, we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ Christ was birthed among us. Christ was executed among us. Christ rises again among us. May the Spirit come and settle upon these gifts. God, make this bread and this cup be for us a holy encounter, reminding us that Christ is with us. The resurrection is a promise granted to us that the kingdom is always closer than we can imagine. May we be nourished that we might nourish others. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Friends, all are welcome to this table. Today we will have three stations to accommodate the number of people we have. We'll have two stations in the front and one in the back. Uh, The ushers will guide you to the stations um, as you uh, are ready for uh, communion. The station up here to your right, my left, will be a station with gluten-free bread as well as regular bread. The other stations will just have bread with juice. And so if you would like gluten-free bread, we invite you to come to the station to your right. If you would prefer not receiving communion and instead receiving a blessing today, we invite you to come with your arms crossed across your chest and one of the pastors will offer a blessing for you. Friends, all are invited and we invite the ushers, the communion servers, to come forward.
let us pray. Beloved one, if we grow weary in love, may this meal live as a reminder of what sustains us. In seeking the flourishing you intend for us, our neighbors, and for this planet, keep our hearts tender, our spirits alive, and our senses attuned to the beauty that surrounds. With gratitude for your abiding presence, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, just a couple notes. First, if you ordered an Easter lily in memory of someone or in honor of someone, we invite you to pick them up at the end of the service. Uh, we have a coffee hour just to the right of the sanctuary in the Wesley room with lots of treats to celebrate the day. And finally, we have uh, an extended introduction to the closing hymn, and so we invite you to remain seated and rise in body or spirit when our Director of Worship and Music Arts, David Hendricks, invites you to rise.
and go tell somebody that Christ is risen. Go in peace, dear friends, to bear witness to the love of God in this world so that those for whom love is a stranger will find in you good and kind and generous friends. Go in peace to love and serve one another. Amen.